Hi everyone and welcome to the October edition of distillerytools.scot podcast giving you that wee bit of extra insight into Scotland's whisky distilleries. My name is David Riddell and this month I spoke to John Stirling, a director of Arbique Distillery near Montrose. John tells us about the new visitor centre and how sustainability and a field-to-bottle approach is at the heart of everything they do. We also speak to John about their amazing Scotch rye whisky, the world's first in over a hundred years. The Rupta Arbiki is also famous for its climate-positive Nadar gin and vodka, which is featured in several magazines across the world, including Forbes. Angels Share Glassware, proud sponsors of distillerytours.scot podcast series. To see our full range, go to angelsshareglass.com. Hi, my name is David Riddell. I'm a director with distillerytools.scot website. I'm pleased to say that I'm joined today with John Stirling, a director with Arbique Distillery and Visitor Centre. Good afternoon, John. Afternoon, David. Delighted to be here. No, listen, deli- absolutely and utterly delighted to have you. Tell us a wee bit about Arbique. It's it's a new distillery, or not a new distillery, but a new visitor centre has just opened up there. If you could tell us about the distillery and the visitor centre and some of the history as well. Yeah, sure. So myself and my two brothers, David and Ian, had this idea in 2012-2013 to actually build a farm-based distillery. So we were born and brought up in a a farm just outside Arbroath, between Arbroath and Montrose, just overlooking Lunan Bay. And our, our, our fathers and grandfathers were all farmers, go back four generations. And as part of that farming ethos we had, we went on diverse lines of business. I was actually a, a chartered accountant, obviously bored people to death for years. My brother was I, I did marketing, other brother was actually in the whiskey industry. So we actually met one night in New York of all places, because one of my brothers, David, lived there. And after a few drinks, we came up with this great idea of building a sustainable farm-to-bottle distillery. Obviously, a few drinks later, and we turned that idea into creating one of the best distilleries in the world. And by the very end of the night, we had a full business plan kind of prepared. And I say kind of prepared, obviously, because the more drinks you have, the better the idea becomes. (laughs) Absolutely. But when we looked at it in the cold light of day the next morning, we thought, well, actually, we've got everything. We've got everything to create a very unique distillery that was really the way distilleries used to be in Scotland, which was farm-based, utilising crops, waste crops in the farm, and turning that into alcohol. And specifically, we wanted to look at single malt whisky, and in making single malt whisky tie it far more to the land the way it used to be you know and and create that ethos of anything the farm utilize in the distillery and 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 when we came up with the idea of build it was all about do everything on the farm so that starts from the soil the growing the types of barley we use the inputs we've got into it to actually distilling on the farm to maturation on the farm to utilizing our water that's on the farm so really it's about using every single thing so we are one of the true authentic 
farm-based field-to-bottle distilleries. That obviously um, nowadays goes hand-in-hand with sustainable ethos. And I think as we developed our business, you know, we realized that actually sustainable ethos and, 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 you know, and looking after the environment was actually what we'd been doing for years and years as farmers. But it's also true to say that farming kind of has lost or lost a bit of that ethos in producing food for the supermarkets where actually yield and lack of attention to the the environment became less important. So we've always held this ethos to make sure that whatever we do goes hand in hand with what is good for the environment and actually what is good is for the world environment. So we've got a really strong ethos behind us and unquestionably we're now one of the most sustainable distilleries in the world. So moving forward, without making this too long winded, our initial aim in build, we built it in 2013-14 and our aim was to create the best single malt scotch whiskey in the world which obviously is quite a lofty aim but you know you've got to have high principles you've got to have high aims and and to do that it was all about utilizing uh, the best so we we go back and we've looked at heritage varieties so we now grow heritage varieties that are more about flavor and less about yield and when we are actually doing our single malt, it was about long fermentation. So our, our fermentation is five to seven days, um, which is by any stretch of the imagination, a long fermentation. And that's because for us, it was the optimum way of, of getting the, the maximum flavor out. Similarly, when we did the cut, it was also about what is the best cut and it shouldn't be a great surprise, but the narrower cut, which is the heart of the spirit, proved to be the better cut. So as a as a distillery, we, we started producing single malt, but we also had this aim and loft aim, which we're still holding to, of not releasing our single malt till year 18, which no one's ever done that, uh, I think, before in, in distilling history. And the reason for that is we didn't want our whiskey to be released too young, and we wanted to be released when we thought was perfect. So, you know, year 18 is iconic in terms of whiskey and iconic in terms of quality. So that's our aim. But to get there and to, to allow us to finance that, we also produce vodka and gin, and which, which can be produced in seven to 10 days. And then luckily on our journey, we also started experimenting with rye whiskey. So we produce Highland Rye Whiskey, which is the first rye Scotch whiskey, single grain Scotch whiskey, produced in Scotland in now over 200 years. And we're the only company and distillery at the moment that produce a rye Scotch, single grain Scotch whiskey. There are others now taking up the mantle, but I think they're a few years behind. So, you know, hopefully that gives a little bit of flavour of the start of our journey and also the final part we've just completed uh, the build of our visitor center visitor experience that overlooks Lunan Bay that now takes our brand presence more out into the marketplace that's a kind of I was going to say short I don't think that was that short but that's our kind of start of our story John to be honest with you, having been up to your distillery I can honestly say that it's worth the price of a tour to even just get not just to experience the, the whiskey that you've got laid down up there and the smells and the, the, the whole feel of the place but it's also worth the, the fee alone to actually stand at the top of the visitor centre and look at the view which is kind of God's own country to be honest. 
we're quite lucky that way because you can do lots of things right but where we're situated in, in, in Angus and overlooking Lunan Bay, the views are unquestionably spectacular. And and, and I think it's, it's lucky there was a, also a distillery in 1794 at Arbiki. And, and while it's, it's obviously not continued since 1794, it's good that we are actually taking up the, the fact that there's a farm-based distillery here and are su- surrounded by not just you know, the beauty of Lunan Bay, but also fantastic soils for growing anything we need to grow for our distillery. So when do you think we can expect to see some of your your malt whiskey? 2033, right? So that is still, (laughs) I know that. So that is still, um, you know, that's about 10 years away, but that is the 18-year-old. We may release a very small amount just to demonstrate to people how it's progressing. And I think it was important when we started doing this, it was about trying to produce the best. And what we didn't want to do with the great respect is bring out whiskey that was about funding the distillery that was slightly too young, that wasn't quite right. So the size we are, we've had that ability to lay down our single malt and and not just in terms of great fermentation, use of great yeast, use of, you know, our our natural environment and, and the growing, all the growing aspects that go into that is we've also had a really, really top end cast program. The cast program is a combination at the moment of sherry, sherry casks and bourbon casks. And also slightly unusual is we are using rye casks as well. And the reason for the rye casks is because we are producing you know, the only rye whiskey, Scotch whiskey in the world, that we can then reutilize these casks that's been matured on site and into our single malt as well. So it gives us another unique feel to what we're trying to produce at our distillery. It sounds incredible, actually. And again, ha- having been there, it kind of up at your distillery, it also kind of smells absolutely incredible as well. You actually do. I think I, I could be. I could be wrong here, but the the, the world's first climate positive gin as well, called Nadar Gin. Do you want to kind of tell us a wee bit about that as well? When you've got a, an ethos of um, innovation, you've got an ethos of we look we look back to tradition but we look back to look forward and try and develop things and when we look back at what was going on in the farm and and again on our farm we can trace anything we do in the soil any kind of operation on the farm to within two centimeters so we know the exact date we know exact wind conditions we know exact input they've gone into that so we have this unbelievable traceability which then allows us to control the inputs and to operate a farm regeneratively in the the most sustainable way but in addition to that we were lucky our our master distiller dr kirsty black is also a leading plant scientist and had been doing a phd into the extraction of alcohol from legumes as a five-year phd and she is the first person in the world to extract alcohol from peas or legumes now the importance of this in, in creating a, a grain neutral spirit, which is a vodka, is that peas carbon capture. So they actually take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it into the soil. And then they also become a natural nitrogen. So much so that every bottle of our uh, Nadar gin and vodka is minus 1.75 kg of CO2 
per bottle. And we are the first climate positive gin and vodka in the world that's been taken up by a lot of people because it's, you know, and from a small distillery in Scotland, we have created not just a unique product, but a world leading product that can help change the way we create neutral spirit, both vodka and gin in, in, in Scotland and the greater world. Which is incredible, to be honest with you. And, and also, you actually grow, if not all, then most of your botanicals on the actual farm as well for the gin and the vodka. Yeah, it's exactly that. What we have the ability to grow is within our, our land, we can, we can grow virtually any crop. And then we have our grow tunnels whereby we grow our botanicals that go into it. Um, so much so that we've actually just harvested a large crop of chilies that go into a chili vodka we make, but we grow almost every single botanical that, or, or any element that go, actually goes into any of our spirits. And I say almost all, the one at the moment we, we, we don't and hopefully can be forgiven for not doing is juniper, because juniper takes that long to mature. So we have bought in juniper at the moment, but the juniper crop is just coming to the fore. And for the last five years, we've probably planted more juniper plants than anyone in Scotland. So we're almost there. But it, it, it's part of our ethos that you should grow everything that goes into your spirits on your farm. It creates you know, a very, very small carbon footprint. It also allows you to minimize any waste and create this circular economy. So it's, it's vitally important to us. And you've even got your own bees as well. On our farm, what we do, we work with uh, various bee bee hives because bee, one thing about bees is they, they need to be moved around depending on the crop. So one of the elements of, of, of bees is they are vital to farming. So in terms of flowering of it, if it's if it's oil seed or if it's other crops the bees there then help to pollinate and they've been dying out for various reasons so it's very very important that we continue to work with you know beekeepers and beehives and then what we then do is we utilize that in so one of our gins axe gins one of the the, the key core botanicals uh, as you say is actually honey that gives a natural sweetness to it Sounds incredible, and and you know you, you, the, the the stuff that you're actually doing up there, but now with regards to sustainability and and, and being climate positive, to kind of round it all off as well, that you're now in a kind of situation where you're now plowing ahead with a hydrogen power project, which is going to be completely and utterly climate or climate um, positive. It's good because I think we've been recognised not just in Scotland but elsewhere in the UK and the world is is you know trying to set new standards and and we're small you know we are tiny compared to big distilleries but we've always had this ethos of how can we do things better and that's what I tell people there's certain things whether they cost too much or the the technology is not there at the moment that you can't do because you know commercially it doesn't make sense but my message I'd like to send out to everyone is everyone can do small things if everyone does that small thing to actually try and make the world a better place to make our natural environment a better place why wouldn't you do it and by building on this ethos and demonstrating our our nadar climate positive gin our regenerative farming the way we make our single malts with heritage varieties you know our whole circular economy 
we have gone out and shown, I think, a lot of distilleries and people, this is potentially what you can do. And that's led to us being um, basically in the process of building the world's first green hydrogen plant for our distillery for so for 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 a you know a company our size you know is a major major achievement because green hydrogen which is a combination of green power whether it's pv panels or turbines water creates hydrogen and then your waste product is water and oxygen and you cannot get cleaner so it's a fantastic addition to what we're trying to do here you should be you should all be kind of highly commended for that and, and what struck me when i was at the distillery is is that when you're doing the tour you can see for yourself all the the the, the, the steps that you're taking to make the distillery have as little impact on its kind of um, environment as possible what we kind of like to do as well john is is that in these podcasts we like to ask you if somebody was just getting into whiskey now what would be your advice to them? And I mean not into whiskey as in making whiskey, but into whiskey as in starting out to enjoy whiskey. What would you say to them? What would be your advice to them if they're a complete whiskey novice? What would you? What would your advice be to them to, to kind of move on with their journey? Yeah, it's interesting this, and this may be, this can be slightly controversial, but what I say with any drink is drink it how you enjoy it. So um, if, if, if you're particularly young or, 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 you know, or, or you're not used to whiskey, then, you know, utilize water to take that down to find your right strength level. Go to some nice cocktail bars, drink that whiskey sour. If you're in a hotter climate, put it in that highball, add ice, add soda. There's so many different ways you can drink whiskey and enjoy the, the perfect flavor. And of course, you know, as, as your palate adapts, and that could be whether going from a, a Highland whiskey or a Speyside or one of the milder whiskies to an island, a more peaty one, there's a massive journey and a massive learning experience there. There's no doubt in my mind that and we produce all the spirits. Whiskey is the most complex. There is a whiskey for everyone. You should drink it to enjoy it. Drink it with friends. And, and, and you know, if you're enjoying a whiskey and you're drinking with friends, and, and you know, what can be better than that? So that the kind of a message to everyone is go out, find the right whiskey for you, drink it the way you like it. And that's the way to enjoy, you know, the, 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 the king of the spirits. My last question to you is is that um, somebody's coming up to the distillery and it's in probably one of the most beautiful places in the world, in, in my opinion. They come to the distillery, where else should they go? Where else locally should they, should they visit? Well, I, I suppose it, it, it depends what, you know, what you're into. But we're lucky with an Angus, so if you're a golfer... We have some of the most fantastic golf courses. Carnoustie's just up the road. Montrose Golf Course is just, you know, I think it's the uh, fifth oldest or fourth oldest in the world. If you're into historical sites, Glam Castle's up the road. If you're, you know, into music and your ACDC's your thing, Bon Scott was born in Kerry, Kerry Muir. There, there's a novel lot within this area of Angus and even surrounding area to enjoy. If you're a hill walker, the hills are really close. The beach is close for long walks with the dogs. Admittedly, it may not be as hot as the Costa del Sol, but there is, there's a huge array of things to do in Angus and actually in the surrounding Tayside area. So there, there's something for everyone. Listen, John, it's been an absolute pl pleasure to, to, to talk to you. If you want to, would you like to add anything else? 
I would just like to hopefully see some of the people that's listening to us come and see us. You, you know, you, you've heard us talk about it, but we are situated in, you know, one of the most beautiful places. We've built an absolutely fantastic visitor experience and we're doing a lot of really quite radical stuff with single malt, with Highland rye, whiskey and with Nadar that you will not see anywhere else. To find out more about our Beaker Distillery and their products, go to distillerytours.scot and click on their listing to book an amazing tour and tasting. They also have a great online shop where you can see their full range of products. Distillerytours.scot has every whisky distillery visitor centre in one place. If you would like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or sign up to our monthly newsletter distillery and whiskey news to hear the podcast first at www.distillerytours.scot forward slash sign up.